Good morning, Vision for You, and welcome to uh, another day of study here. It is uh, this is Larry Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago, who's just when we started here is having trouble with my computer. Isn't that lovely? Here, so okay, so today is Tuesday, June 27, 2017, and we are currently reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 60, the first paragraph, starting with many of us exclaimed, and we're going to read through uh, A, B, and C. We're going to end with C, God could and would if he were sought. Uh, so the, um, today's readers, let me let you know who's helping us out this morning. We have Deb W. on the 12 steps. We have Anita L. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text, we have Rachel W., Martha Z., and Lisa H., the, uh, the reference number for uh, yesterday, which was Monday, June 26th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10087. That's 10087. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time share ID, we have 10089. That's 10089. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask uh, for Deb W. from Oklahoma to read the 12 steps. Deb, good morning. And Deb, press star one if you would. Oh, hi, Larry. <laughs> hey, Deb. I got you. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma. We admitted, step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being uh, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, it promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Okay, we got the 12 traditions. Hey, Anita, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. My dog wanted to get in there, too. (laughs) (laughs) He values values anonymity because uh, clearly that's when he signed in. (laughs) Yes, yes, there you go. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Anita. Appreciate it. All right, this this thing works. This deal works. Well, let me tell you how our meeting works. Okay, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we're reading. And uh, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. 
So today we're going to we're going to pick back up in the big book. We're currently on page 60. Rachel's going to read to us the first par starting with the first paragraph on page 60 where it starts many of us exclaimed. Rachel's going to read through A B and C ending with God put in what if he were sought and then we're going to we're going to comment on the whole deal. So Rachel, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service and good morning everyone. This is Rachel W. Recovered Compulsive Overdue, calling from New York. Many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. Don't be, do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have believed our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. I'm just setting my timer. So here we go, continuing on in this amazing book with these uh beautiful paragraphs and isn't it great to know that what we experience is in a, a personal adventure <laughs> all the stuff you know all the binging all the darkness you know it's all part of the uh adventure because now it, it it you know it blossoms on and gets bigger and bigger um but that being said you know i i am you know the word spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection um i'm reminded once again that my issue really isn't about the food and as much as it is about the food and the mood Food has to be in place, and I want to just honor that, you know, that, that the, the abstinence, my abstinence has to be there um, established. However, um, what I'm really embarking on here is, is, a, is a journey, an adventure of spiritual progress. We say a lot of times we hear progress, not perfection, but we don't say the word spiritual because that's really what this is. It's a spiritual progress. And, um, and also, you know, what I'm given in these... 12 steps is a, a priceless secret of everyday living. I didn't make that up. I just read it in a meditation book, but that's what it is. It's a, it's a, this is how, this is the formula um, of how, how I can approach life and, and have peace of mind, you know, even on, even on some level, you know, this, the idea here at the end, God couldn't, what if he were sought, you know, seeking something takes action. It takes work. I can't just sit on a beach chair drinking a martini, not that I do that anyway, but I, I have to move. I have to take action. And and you know what I've seen in this program? I have seen action. I heard a woman share that her son was murdered, and she picked up these 12 steps, and I said, I have to call that woman. I heard another woman sharing about her chemo, and she's picking up these steps, and I said, I have to call that woman. Another woman that I, I, I heard on the line lost her, her husband lost his job, and they have no income, but she picked up these steps. You know, the answer, and I said, I have to call that woman, and that's why I listened to this meeting because I hear so many spiritual, you know, recovery warriors in these rooms and, and in this meeting in particular. And I'm really grateful for that because it does remind me that I, I do have a gift and I can pick it up. And it, it's not that simple. It's not just to go from, you know, binging to picking up the steps. It's not what this is, but it's, it's, it's a process. And I can honor no matter where I am. I, I'm absolutely thrilled that I read this word adventure because it puts a positive spin to this entire experience that, 
that if I take these actions and lean into the process, which means I'm going to call you and ask you how you did it. You know, I can't do this by myself, and I'm going to ask you, how do I get closer to my higher power when these things of, of life's magnitude, you know, when they happen, or even the small things, when I don't get my way? And I'm not a very pleasant person if I don't get my way, so what do I do? And I'm shown a way through these steps. I'll finish off with that. I'm shown a way through these steps, and I'm so grateful because I do have – I do have an option today, but I need to seek it, and I need to do the action to take um, these results, to, to get these results. So thank you again for allowing me to share, and I pass. Hey, thanks, Rachel. Okay, who wants in on this deal? Mr. R. Carolyn G. Carol J. Charles H. I heard Nessa Harlan. I think it was a Carol, but I may have gotten that wrong. And then we got Chuck. Who else? Carol J. Carol J. Anyone else? All right. Well, let's get started with these four. We got Nessa Harlan, Carol, and Charles. Hey, Nessa, good morning. Hey, Nessa, we can't hear you. Nessa, Nessa, I have something to confess. Up. All right, let's go with Harlan. Hi. We'll come back. Oh, can you there you are, Nessa. Me now? I can. Hello. Oh, great. I, uh, I was unmuted, and then I was muted automatically, so it took me a while to figure that out. But uh, anyhow, um, good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, the, the, the first, uh, I went to a, a few meetings um, in the beginning of my career in the rooms that read how it works, even, even meetings that, did not, that were not big book based. Um, and, I, and I heard this a lot. And, um, you know, what I heard was, what, an order? I can't go through with it. And, you know, um, I did my own thing for a long, long time in the rooms of OA. You know, I realize now that uh, not only I'm allergic to sugar and flour, but also to being told what to do. And, you know, it all started with the food. You know, I, I, was, uh, I was abstaining from my so-called red light foods, and I was um, eating my so-called green light foods, but what about the yellow light foods? You know, those, those were my domain. Those were not the program's domains. Those were not God's domain. They were certainly not my sponsor's domain. I did whatever I wanted. You know, I really took the, the, um, the slogan, take what you like and leave the rest, really to heart, and I applied it to everything. Um, I didn't know that, I, that that slogan did not apply to the instructions in the big book, of which also I heard very little. But... Um, it applies only to what people say, what I am saying now, you know, if, if you don't like what I say, you know, don't, you know, just leave it. Uh, but I, I took it to, to the program. And so for years and years and years, I struggled. Um, of course, I struggled outside of the rooms, you know, trying to find a way to cure my fatness. And uh, needless to say, I didn't succeed because otherwise I, I wouldn't be here. But I also tried it inside the rooms, destroying my, my own thing, you know, like, different food plans, different schemes, different strategies, and just things didn't work outside of the rooms or in the rooms. 
And then I, I met somebody in whom the, 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 the problem had been solved. And then it clicked, and it finally clicked. If I want what she has, I have to do what she does. And I think that up until that time, um, I, I wanted what people have, but, had, but I, I wasn't willing to do what they did. And, um, you know, when I met her, I guess it was kind of like that, that aha moment that I said, you know what, I can enough is enough. I mean, I'm seeing a, 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 a person here in front of me who has a similar life to mine, who has challenges, whose life isn't perfect, and yet she's in a, norm, she's in a normal body, and more importantly, she is happy, joyous, and free. She's not waiting for everything around her to change, for her life to become perfect, for her to be happy. She was happy there and then and here and now, you know, um, despite or probably even because of her challenges. And so I really wanted that. And at that moment, I decided, you know, I want what she has. I'm going to do what she does. It took me a while to ask her to sponsor me. But, you know, uh, whenever she, she tells me something, I do it. I do it because, you know, I want what she has. I'm not allergic to, to taking orders anymore, um, to, do it, to doing what others have done before me who have blazed this beautiful path um, to recovery um, because I really want it. I saw it was possible and I was ready to pursue it. As the speaker before me said before, it takes action and not only any kind of action, but the right kind of action, the action that is based on entire abstinence and that follows the instructions exactly as outlined in the big book. This is what she told me to do. That is exactly what I did. I got what she had and I'm keeping it by continuing to do um, what I've been doing um, up until now in entire abstinence. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nessa. Okay, we have Harlan followed by Carol. Hey, Harlan, don't be jealous. It's 51 degrees in Madison right now. Oh, my God, Larry. I am jealous. One of the very first big book studies I ever did in my life was in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, in a beautiful fall setting, and that part of the country is just gorgeous. Anyway, thank you for your service, Larry, and thank you to Team Tuesday for making this new room possible. I'm Harlan G. in sweltering Scottsdale, Arizona. And I only have the time to focus on the ABCs because the book has been focusing from the very first word up to this point of making sure that I understand some very basic things. What is an alcoholic? What is a compulsive disease? For the umpteenth time, it's going to drive home this point that I have an allergy of the body and a twist of the mind that sets me apart from a normal eater. That because of the buildup of human emotions, my mind is going to seek the comfort that food gives me in what Dr. Silkworth calls the effect. Dr. Silkworth's opinion is going to be the foundation of A and the foundation of everything that I'm going to build on. And a very wise person who lived in Chicago said to me one time, the depth at which you accept Dr. Silkworth's opinion will mark the urgency with which you will work the rest of the 11 steps. Sometimes for my sponsees, I like to switch it around and say the first step, I am powerless over my emotions and my food is unmanageable. But the A here says that we were alcoholic, 
compulsion, compulsive readers, twisted of the mind, the allergy of the body, and cannot manage our own lives. B, no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, which means I must accept to the depths of my soul that nothing that is of this earth is going to alter the allergy nor alter the twist of the mind. I refer back to people who had it all. You don't know who these people are. You're too young. You can Google them. Mama Cass Elliot, Karen Carpenter, James Gandolfini, Jackie Gleason, John Candy, Chris Farley. These were people that had it all and they died of this illness because this illness is mind over matter. It doesn't mind killing you and you don't matter. That God could and would if he was. How do I seek God? Through prayer? Yeah, that's part of it. That's 11. But I seek him by doing the rest of the steps. And we're going to embark on a journey beginning tomorrow. It says being convinced. Convinced of what? Being convinced of the ABCs. That these are things I must have at the depth of my soul that God could and would if he was sore. And I'm not going to come to that conclusion with a higher power that I don't trust, nor do I, am I willing to believe in. Nothing here says I must believe. I must be willing to believe that there, that there is a power greater than myself if I'm going to embark on this journey. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thanks, Harlan. Okay, we have Carol followed by Charles. Carol, good morning. Good morning, Blueberry Larry. This is Carol, <laughs> compulsive old reader from Saugatuck, Michigan. I'm really grateful to be online today. What hit me about the first paragraph there was, do not be discouraged. I have been discouraged intermittently in my early recovery of just a few months. And um, I know that if I continue to plug ahead, like it says, willing to grow along these spiritual lines. All I have to do is be willing to do that. And then, you know, all these wonderful people with their personal adventures, you know, have shared, and especially on A Vision for You, it's been wonderful for me to know that, you know, I just don't have to manage my own life and that no human power, no matter what I do, I have to call on my higher power. If I seek him, you know, he can do for me what I can't do for myself. And I, I'm just truly blessed today, and thank you, all you visionaries, and I'll pass with that. Thanks, Carol. Hey, Chuck E. Cheese, what's up, Charles? Yo, Blueberry Larry, yo, what's your thing? <laughs> what you have in pictures? I'm like, yo, you got to be kidding. The only vision. I love y'all, man. Sounds like you're recovered compulsive overeater. Um, you know, of course we need to talk about food in the only way me. Yo, it's on that market now. But if, if, if the compulsive overeater can't talk about food in the OA meeting, we're in trouble. But uh, at this point, we're in the second step, right? Can you believe, right, that a power granted ourselves to restore us to sanity? I want to take you to page 34 and more about alcoholism, where it says, we are assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. Now, I'd like to take you again to the first edition, and, and you guys, the, 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 the uh, people, that, the experts on this can correct me if I'm wrong. By this time, 59 or 60, one of them pages, they say, if you're not if you're not convinced, you might as well throw the damn book away. Well, this disease threw the book at me anyway. 
you know, and every day I'm grateful for the book being thrown at me every single day. Um, so let me speak to this thing here right quick, that God could and would if he were sword. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, it's like I'm taking a lot of people through the process and they on their amends and they stop. They don't call, They don't want to continue. I get it, right? God couldn't want if he was sore. I wish he would have said every day, like 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 not halfway through and then stop and and don't continue. Like this disease is gonna crack me. Remember, it done threw the book at me. So God couldn't want if he was sore every day. Why are people stopping halfway through? Aren't they amazed? I guess they are. Maybe they forgot to read page 84 where it says they will always materialize if we work for them. Just because we're recovered, you're not going to get a pass today if I don't do what I did yesterday. I'm not going to do a pass because that's how this thing is set up. God couldn't work if he was so every day. He ain't going nowhere. I'm the one that moved. The resentment moved me. The fears moved me. The way you perceive me moved me. But if I seek God, He's, he's there. But if I ain't looking for him, he ain't going to tap me on the shoulder. But thank God for this divinely inspired book. But I need to be interested every single day, not when I lose 30 pounds or not when, you know, I need to be really interested. And what really got me interested is half halfway. You know, um, my friend Prodigy passed away. He's a famous rapper. He said, ain't no half-stepping. You know, you can't half-step. This thing... You know, I love that analogy my sister gave the other day. You put 99 cents in, in a thing and it costs a dollar. You ain't getting nothing. Nada. No no yellow light. No lurking notion. And like, Larry the Fruitberry or something. That thing got me bugging out right now. I'm laughing. Let me get my butt to work. Thank you, Larry, for your service. <laughs> hey, thanks, Charles. Appreciate it. Okay, who else wants to share? Katie from Boston. KDG. Sarah G. Sarah. Craig. Monica T. Monica. Melissa C. Melissa. Barbara E. from New Jersey. Barbara from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Alan laughing e. on this line, Barbara. Alice? Was that Alice? Talon with a T. Talon. I don't know where I got Alice from. Talon. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Um, I got Katie, Craig, Monica, Melissa, Barbara, Talon. There was someone after Katie. Who did I miss there? Katie. Sarah. Sarah, Sarah right? G. Got it, got it. Okay, so let's go with this. We got a lineup. We got a lineup. We got Katie, Sarah, Craig, Monica, Melissa, Barbara, and Talon. What's up, Katie girl? Hello, Larry. May I be heard? You can, Larry the Blueberry, right here. Okay. <laughs> my name is KDG, recovered compulsive operator, anorexic, and bulimic. Uh, said my timer in Boston. I was totally going to shut my mouth today, but um, I know. But here's the thing. These are the ABCs, right? And um, yesterday, you know, I really passionately um, shared about you know, entire abstinence and uh, 10, 11, and 12, which was so exciting. <clears throat> and what I love is I always reference these um, with the people I talk to, with my spiritual work. 
so what am I talking about? The ABCs. A, I'm a food addict and I cannot manage my own life. And the truth is, my life is never going to become uh, become manageable. Like if I'm really working this program each and every day, it's not like all of a sudden step 12, boom, KDG, you're a manager again. No. I mean, step three for me when I made that decision was that I'm not in management anymore. Like I got fired from the same job three different times, right? I'm never going to manage my life. I get a manager, God, right? And be that no human power see that God could and would if he were sought. And the reason I really wanted to share about this today is because of the human powers, no human power. And I really feel like today, you know, with my, thank you, God, entire abstinence in a recovered state of mind and body just for today, just contingent on the maintenance of my entire abstinence of working the, the, the steps, working the tools every single day. I get stuck in human powers. And what does that look like for me? Well, yesterday it looks like husband not coming home at the right time for me and wanting that human power to fix me, wanting wanting the job to fix me, wanting the friend to fix me, wanting all these human powers to fix me. And what I love is that I can come to this meeting and hear new stuff and learn each and every day because the truth is, KDG, get back in line. No human power is going to fix you. Like no, <clears throat> and and for me, when I put down the food and work the steps, like I just feel like there's this onion unraveling each and every day. And I can be a whack-a-mole some days. Like God is like, you go this way and I'm kind of deviating that way. But the good news is, that we can get back in line with these steps each and every day. There is like a, <clears throat> it's like we're on a sailboat, right? And we can just pull in the sails a little bit more. Like life blows me out and I'm like, oh my gosh, that human power, it's not fixing me. Make me feel better. Do what I want. Fill me up. And then God's like, Katie, no human power and seek me. And what does seeking mean? It means entire abstinence. It means working my butt off every day. And I'll just close with this. One of the things I heard is, um, you know, sometimes when my life is not doing well, like my life is huge because I am seeking God with all the desperation, you know, like meetings, quiet time, everything. And a lot of times when I think life is going great, I'm like, all right, God, I, you know, I got this. So thank you, God, I don't got this. Thank you, God, we get to do it together one more day. And I'm going to shut my mouth now without I pass. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. All right, we got Sarah followed by Craig. Sarah, good morning. Sarah, press star one if you would. This is Sarah G. from Nashville, Tennessee, um, compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic. And Larry, thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line. Um, I love this part that says, um, you know, what an order. I can't go through with it. And I have been, I came into the program in 1988, went out in 1990, came back in 1997, and it took me another year to fully comprehend that I was powerless over food. And then it says, uh, do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. Uh, we are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. And uh, so the willingness has come very gradually. Um, I've always been taught to be uh, self-sufficient and take care of myself and to, to realize through this program that I don't have to do that. I can use the steps. I can use people in program. Uh, I don't have to do this alone. 
and one of the things that that um, came up for me is I was at a, a workshop this past Saturday, and um, you know I don't know what about you all, but I can't always tell the changes that are taking place in me. And so um, this gal next to me, she and I had always been kind of at loggerheads until lately. And um, she's been having trouble. And uh, I've called her several times and we've just talked. And she leaned over to me and she said, Sarah, I want, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you how much gentler you are. And without those words, I would have not ever known, you know, how, how um, the spiritual part of this program was affecting me. Um, it was nice to hear that. Uh, I, I, I said a little prayer so that my pride wouldn't get into that. But it is, a, it is spiritual progress, progress, not spiritual perfection. I'm working along um, spiritual lines to try to uh, be a better person, be the person that God inspired me and made me or created me to be. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, next we got the pride of Oklahoma, Craig, followed by Monica. Hey, Craig. I missed it. The pride of what? That was on me. You're a sooner. You're a sooner. That's how you bleed crimson and cream, brother. No, I'm got the wrong <laughs> university for me, buddy. <laughs> university of Tulsa. There we go. Um, okay. Um, Barry Larry, I, you know, that's a good Nick moniker, and I'm glad you're not hanging one on everybody else that's talking this morning. Um, anyway, um, this is Craig uh, Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, what I want to talk about is uh, this paragraph that talks about spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. You know, the con man mind that in my mind once took that paragraph for a long time and, and used it as an excuse for not doing everything that I knew I needed to do, not taking the action that I needed to take, uh, not admitting to things that I knew I needed to admit to and not making amends that I knew I needed to make. And and, and I think that uh, I completely missed the um, the gist of the, of the paragraph. We do claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection, but we're not able to make spiritual progress unless we're willing to do to go to any lengths unless we're unless I'm willing to do whatever I need to do and you know and when I do that when I admit to things and when I make those amends when I take the action when I do the steps I'm not going to do them perfectly I'm I'm uh, uh, my sponsor always says they have a name for people like you and uh, I, I brace and he says human being uh, I'm a human being I, I'm uh, I'm going to get angry uh, sometimes. I'm going to uh, not be in, in acceptance sometimes. I'm going to have to pray my way there sometimes. Uh, but uh, that's because I'm a human being and I'm, I'm not a saint. And uh, I'm Saint Craig. Uh, but uh, I claim spiritual progress, and that spiritual progress comes from being willing to take the action, being willing to go to any lengths and to grow along spiritual lines. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Okay, we have Monica followed by Melissa. Good morning, Harmonica. Hey, Larry, good morning. <laughs> this is Monica T, and I am now in Vermont. 
Good morning, everyone. So here we are in chapter how it works. We've just had read all the 12 steps and we're going, oh my God, and we're scared. And they're saying to us now, these 100 experienced recovered alcoholics, don't be discouraged. You know, no one among us has been perfect with this stuff. That's not what we're after. It's not perfection we're after. We're willing to grow along spiritual lines. We claim spiritual progress. What's progress? It's forward or onward movement, a gradual betterment rather than, than perfection. It's a process. It's a process, and this is my experience. This is a process. The longer I'm in this, the more I work this, the better has gotten, and it continues to get better. It's a process. Anyway, and then they're telling us the three clear pertinent ideas, A, B, and C. So here we're summarizing steps one and two. And I was told to personalize this when I read this, from here to page 63, to personalize this. Anyway, A, that I am alcoholic and cannot manage my life. Well, what brought me here? Pain brought me here. I was miserable. I couldn't stop eating. Everything was just getting worse quicker and quicker. And, you know, nothing that I tried worked. And I'm sure most everyone on this line this morning can, can, has the same history. We've tried all kinds of things, all physical, human types of things that have not worked, did not work. Do you agree? I was asked that. Do you agree with this, Monica? Yep. My way certainly hadn't worked. I was backed in the corner. I was scared. That probably no human power could have relieved her alcoholism. You know, no one else could do it for me either. Not all the different plans, not the books, not the therapy, not the medication. And again, these are all physical things that I've tried to solve my problem. And nothing worked. And they're telling me I need God. So am I ready? Do I agree there? Do I agree that I need God, that I need a power greater than me? And I'm thinking, yeah, well, I see it's worked in you, and it's worked in you, and it's worked in you. And this is what you're telling me, and this is what the first 100 are telling me. Well, I'm screwed, so yeah, I give it a shot. Do I believe everything? No. But am I willing to do the work? Yep. And that's what I did. Thank you, God, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Monica. All right, start spreading the news. Melissa, good morning. Good morning, Good morning. I'm here, I'm here. I'm laughing. Um, I love being sung to. Thank you. Um, Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, uh, what a relief. Like, so you guys are not perfect. Um, And, okay, and I guess I'm not either, (laughs) you know. Um, And I really, I just really value that, that I am not going to be a saint. Um, my goal is not to achieve sainthood and perfection, but it's to grow. You know, it's to grow along spiritual lines. And, um, you know, I misinterpreted that for a long time. I would think, all right, well, I'm making progress. I'm not perfect. So, like, I only binged, um, you know, 
three times this week. Isn't that good? And um, that's not really what this is referring to. It took me a while to figure that out. Like, this is like, okay, yeah, the food is down. Like, we all get that. But um, I know the steps, and, and, I, and I try to live the steps. But I fall short, you know. So yesterday I come home, and, um, you know, my eye goes on what was not done right. Like, forget, you know, my husband, great guy, goes food shopping. He didn't buy me the seltzer I like in the bottles that I like to drink them in. And, you know, I'm imperfect, so I get resentful. And, you know, and I don't like to admit that to anybody. You know, I don't like to admit to a fellow that, that I'm that shallow, I'm that petty, um, but I am sometimes. And, you know, how do I make progress? Um, I have to have humility. I have to call myself out, you know, as the human being that I am. And then I can, you know, of course recognize there's craziness in this. Yeah, I'm crazy. I'm a, I'm a food, you know, I'm a food addict. And um, I'm a compulsive overeater who's crazy. And, um you know, so I have, I have, I have the steps for like for silly nonsense like that, and I can, you know, I can um, resolutely turn to my higher power for everything, not just for the food, but for like the small petty ridiculousness. Um, and and I think there's tremendous for me, um, tremendous humility. You know, I do not have to be perfect. I wasn't born to be perfect, um, but I'm willing to grow. And, you know, and so, yeah, I, I drink the seltzer, and I'm grateful. Thank you, honey, for, for buying it for me. Um, you know, and uh, thank you. And with that, I don't need to eat either. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, let's cross over the Hudson here. Barbara, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Barbara E., you're quite right, in New Jersey, apparently with a really heavy New Jersey accent. I have to say that I embraced step A. I understood that I was a compulsive overeater. I also that I could manage my, thought that I could manage my life until suddenly I couldn't manage my life, and I never knew when it was going to happen. I had a PhD in dieting. I've lost over 130 pounds 10 times before from the time I was a tweener all the way through my adulthood and my young married state. I came in in 1996. I really came for sanity. I knew I could lose weight on my own. What I didn't know was how to keep it off. But no human power could have relieved my alcoholism. Well, what is there if it's not human power? And God could and would? I don't think so. I was not convinced. I was led down the wrong path with all good intentions. I thought the tools were going to do it for me. The tools. I was going to call my sponsor. I was going to be honest. I was going to make those phone calls. But... That wasn't enough. I still lost the weight. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But I wasn't abstinent of the mind. I wasn't joyous. I wasn't free. I was irritated. I was angry. I was dishonest. I was a chameleon. I was a people pleaser. 
If you said one thing, I'd agree with you. I'd switch. I was still filled with grandiosity. I was still stealing. I wanted to control everyone. I wanted to give my opinions. I didn't like the way I was living. So gradually, and it was gradually a process, I began to understand that I had to embrace the other two legs of the school, the stool. I had to realize that there was more than just putting down the food. And I'm so grateful that I'm doing And it is a progress, slow progress. Some days there's a step backwards and some days there's two steps forwards. But at least I'm falling forward when I do. I've had some wonderful days yesterday going out with a lovely woman who is politically and ideologically different than I am, who wanted to control what I ordered for lunch. Um, I had to employ every single tool I had to be tolerant and accepting. And then I had to send all of my defects, because I was thinking them, into my sponsor. I realize now that it's not enough to stop at nine. I have to be willing to do step six, seven, eight, nine, ten, four, five, eleven, and twelve, all of them. Not just say, okay, I'm through, that's it, I'm cured. Because I am never cured. This is a process. And I revel in the fact that people are saying it's slow and it's an, an adventure and it's progress, not perfection. I bless you. Have a wonderful day. Pass. Thanks, Barbara. Hey, Talon, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. This is Talon, compulsive eater outside Philly. It says, do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. And then later on, it says we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. I can't tell you how many times I've been discouraged because I'm focusing on all of my imperfections. Sometimes I feel like my imperfections and my failures are all I can see. And um, for example, like in school, if I took a test and I got a 95%, all I would focus on is that 5% and those problems I didn't get right. And it is discouraging when all you see is your failures and um, your imperfection, um, especially when you have this unrealistic idea of who you're supposed to be and this bar that you set for yourself of perfection and with my perfectionism I've come to realize um puts me really in my pride trying to be God (laughs) and who who do I think I am I can't be God I will never rise above the level of human and it says we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So I don't need to meet that perfection goal. I just need to focus on progress and on the process and, and not the outcome. 
And when I'm able to let go of this idea that I need to be perfect, I can start instead of focusing all my energy on what I did wrong, I can shift that focus and energy on recovery and on seeking my higher power. Um, and when I can do that, it really, it really is like dropping this heavy rock that I was unnecessarily carrying around on my back of self-doubt. And when I can let go of that, I feel so much lighter, like, oh, I don't need to be perfect. I'm not God. And um, the only thing I need to do perfectly is realize that I am a compulsive overeater. I, I have the allergy of the body and the mental obsession. So I do need to be 100% abstinent and I need to be 100% aware of the fact that I cannot do this on my own. I am absolutely hopeless without a higher power. That is the only thing I need to do perfectly. And from there, it is progress, not perfection. And I'm so thankful for that because I could beat myself up all day about what I don't do right. But instead, I can, I can let go of that and move forward without that fear of failure and fear of not being perfect. And yeah, I'm, I'm not God. <laughs> I'm a human just like everyone else. And I, I can't do this without God's help. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Talon. Okay, we've got time for a couple more shares. Who, who wants those spots? Matt? And who wants the, the last spot? Martha Z. Martha. Perfect. Okay, Matt, you're up, followed by Martha. Good morning, Matt. Thank you, Larry Blueberry. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam Composite over here from New Jersey. Um, the principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. I don't know about you. Even though I was struggling with my abstinence off and on, I definitely come a long way from where I was back in 2007 when I was over 600 pounds. And I get, I learned a lot through the pre-40 years of being in the program, and I'm finally starting to get it that, you know, this is not about me. It's about me going out to help others. But right now, it has to be about me in the simple sense where I have to get through work and, and continue to live in 10, 11, 12 on a daily basis. And I have to be willing to do go to any lengths, which is hard for me because some things I, I still believe in, I have to let go of some old health beliefs that I had. And um, I don't believe in God. That's the problem. I don't believe in a higher power of the, the God that I was raised with. So it's hard. I do know I have one. I do know it's helped me in tons of situations where I normally would have been baffled. So I do believe in, this, in, in that step nine promises. But I, I still struggle with the whole faith aspect, and I'm working on it one day at a time with friends and family and uh, my sponsor and my fellows and programs because I need to stay connected. If I don't stay connected, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall off the fall off the face of the earth, you know. So either we move forward or we fall back, you know. I'm just grateful just that I can look at these three ABCs and learn and realize that I do have. Uh, if I am a compulsive reader, I cannot manage my own life. That I am, so there is no human power that I could ever leave my compulsive reading that. A higher power could have wanted it with thought. I believe that with all my heart that will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Martha, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Martha C. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Good morning, my friends in recovery. What an order. I can't go through with it. I have in the, the uh, border my margin, trust the process. 
And I always tease and I always say, like, if I would have known the amount of work and what I've had to do, what I would need to do at the beginning, I probably would have run the other way. And the truth is that, you know, there was nothing that was ever so overwhelming as it was just taking it one step at a time, doing the next right thing. And and that's the truth today for me living in recovery as well. Like, is it a lot of work? Well, yeah, I think honestly I would say it is. Um, and it's so worth it. And it is like they were talking about the other day. It is the easier, softer way. So um, then it says, do not be discouraged. I looked up discouraged. Prevented or persuaded not to do something or not to pursue an aim. And um, so, you know, it says no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. And I have in parentheses the 12 steps. We're willing to grow along spiritual lines. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And I think certainly for me in my early days, and I hear it even today, I I hear OA misusing that all the time in the physical realm. Like, well, I'm not perfectly abstinent, but you know what? It's progress, not perfection. So it's it's kind of like an excuse not to be entirely abstinent. And I've, I've read stuff that Bill's written, and he said, you know, this was meant in the emotional realm. It was not meant to be in the physical realm. And I was, I was looking at, I was looking at Bill's book as Bill sees it, and um, there's a part in there about progress, not perfection. And he says, day by day, we tried to move a little toward God's perfection, so we need not be consumed by maudlin guilt for failure to achieve his likeness and image by Thursday next. Progress is our aim, and his perfection is the beacon, light years away, that draws us on. So I, I love that. And uh, so we're, what we're trying to do is we're not trying to become um, defect-free. We're trying to uh, grow along spiritual lines. We're trying to enlarge our spiritual life, and we're trying to, you know, do what we think God wants me to do each day. And then the last thing I just wanted to say is, um, you know, Monica was talking about personalizing the ABCs, and that is, it's such a powerful exercise to do that. I, I, I found that so helpful with this, all this particular part up to page 63. But um, my job is to become a seeker, so our job is to seek. Anyway, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Martha. <clears throat> well, I'm going to take take one minute um you know boy what a great meeting and and so many wonderful comments the one thing that i would say that was really kind of a revelation to me because you, know, you hear these things read you know at meetings um every meeting to where sometimes they lose their meaning i think for me looking at this that b in particular that, that I heard that the word probably, when, when they were writing this, that probably no human power could relieve us of this deal, that, that, that they were originally thinking of not including that word, that Bill didn't want to include that word, but, but later it was, no, let's put it in there. And when I read probably, I'm like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Maybe, just maybe, I or my celebrity sponsor or some other human power could relieve me of this thing. No, it, you know, I really had to get to a place where there is no more power in my sponsor than there is in me 
to bring about a spiritual awakening sufficient to drive out this obsession, to change me in the ways that I need to be changed, but that God could and would if he were sought. And the more that I tried to thrash about in the quicksand of this disease, the, the faster I went down. I really had to get to a place where I took that, those words and embraced that, that no human power. And with that, then you have surrender to working the steps as laid out in the big book. So with that, I'll pass. Let me thank everyone who has shared and, um, and joined us. Hey, we have fun on this, on this call too, you know? It's not all uh, sadness. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And uh, let me give you the share ID for today, which is Tuesday, June 27th. That share ID is 10091. That's 10091. And let me now ask Martha Z. Martha, would you read a vision for you for us? Martha, press star one if you're able to do that. Ah, here I am. There you are. <laughs> Good morning, my friends. This is still Martha Z. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.